Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. Are you ready for part two of an epic conversation with Dr. Stephanie Rimka? I think it's time for you to hear the rest of this conversation. If you didn't already listen to part one, that is the previous episode, episode 257. So make sure you tune in to that episode first and you can hear us talking all about brain health, neurofeedback, Alzheimer's, EMFs, 5G, spirituality, intuition, the connection between our diet and spirituality, a lot of interesting topics, and more to come in this episode. If you're not yet familiar with Dr. Stephanie Rimka, she is a holistic brain optimization specialist who focuses on integrated neurotherapies to get to the root cause of mental illness, learning disorders, and chronic illness. She has years of experience with brain therapies, brain imaging, biofeedback, functional nutrition, epigenetics, cognitive testing, nutrient therapy, psychology, detoxification, chiropractic, and Chinese medicine, and she incorporates them all into her practice. Dr. Rimka is known for dealing with the trickiest of cases and getting to the root cause, and she really does empower her patients, and I just love her work. She is also a big advocate of the carnivore diet and the carnivore lifestyle. And in this episode, we are going to talk about the problems she sees with paleo diets and ketogenic diets. She's going to discuss what a paleo diet really is, the benefits of carnivore women and the carnivore diet, and how there might be a stigma related to that, how to approach chronic health issues, what to do if you think you can't digest meat. We get into all of this in this episode. I also wanted to mention that Dr. Rimka is hosting a carnivore wilderness safari July 16th, 2020 through July 26th, 2020 in South Africa. That sounds amazing. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes in case you're interested in joining in on that retreat. Before we hop into the interview, though, I want to tell you guys about today's sponsor. I always get asked what my favorite CBD products are, what I think about CBD, and the only CBD that I will use is Ned's Full Spectrum Hemp Oil. You have to be very particular about quality when it comes to CBD. Most of the products out there on the market don't even contain the amount of CBD that they claim to contain, and a lot of them aren't full spectrum hemp. And that full spectrum is what you want for the entourage effects. Those are the real healing powers of hemp. So Ned's full spectrum hemp oil contains the CBD, but also all the other active cannabinoids. So you get the CBG, CBC, CBDA, CBGA, and those lovely smelling hemp terpenes. They only extract from the hemp flowers, also known as the buds, instead of the stalks and seeds of the hemp plant, like other companies might use. And they also only use a very gentle and slow ethanol-based extraction method done at room temperature 
temperature compared to a lot of other companies that use high heat or high pressure, which really compromises the cannabinoid content. The only ingredients are the CBD, the range of other phytocannabinoids, and non-GMO MCT oil. So you're not getting any flavors or fillers or inflammatory oils that you'll see a lot of other CBD products out there on the market. When it comes to something you're going to put in your mouth and your body every single day, you want to make sure it is the highest quality. And Ned is my top choice. They even go the extra mile by energetically infusing all of their products with love and gratitude and they attune their products to binaural beats. Those specific frequencies are associated with helping to reduce depression and anxiety, promoting DNA repair, improving focus, balance, calm, and more. I use their full-spectrum hemp oil every single day to help calm me down, reduce any anxiety. It's also a great anti-inflammatory helps me with my sleep. So I will use the 750 or 1500 milligram bottle, put a dropper's worth under my tongue holder there for about 30 seconds and then swallow. And I also use Ned's natural cycle collection. If you are a woman and you're looking to naturally balance out your hormones, then I highly recommend checking out their natural cycle collection, which is specially designed for female hormones and has made my periods so much easier, so much better, huge improvement, and I cannot recommend it enough. And they also have their hemp-infused body butter and their hemp-infused lip balms. So whether you're struggling with anxiety, depression, PTSD, insomnia, inflammation, joint pain, back pain, hormonal imbalances, I definitely recommend checking out Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil to help balance out your endocannabinoid system and just get your body back in check, back in balance. So if you want to try out their products, go ahead and hop on over to helloned.com and you can use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 15% off. They also have some really awesome holiday sets on sale right now. If you're doing any last minute shopping, definitely check those out because full spectrum hemp oil is quite possibly the best Christmas gift ever. So again, go to helloned.com and you can use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 15% off. On the topic of getting the body back into balance, that's what Dr. Rimka is all about. So let's go ahead and hop into the rest of this interview with Dr. Stephanie Rimka. How the no meat kind of part of it happened, there's a lot of political reasons for that. Mm -hmm. And the rise and fall of India actually be seen in terms of when colonialism has come in and taken them over is when they were shifting to going from meat eating to non-meat eating was based on that. And when people shift from this non-meat eating thing from a lot of different political reasons where the religion is used tied in with the government for a goal mm -hmm. uh, to get people off of something to make them weaker and easier to control, um, that these countries were overtaken by colonial empires because they were weak. Yeah. A lot of history goes into that. But so yeah. in terms of, um, in terms of the nutritional, the nutritional side of things. So why carnivore versus, um, like a, a paleo diet, like a traditional paleo diet that includes vegetables? Well, so I think everybody can, you know, make their choice. I'm not some huge dogmatist. I do think there's a lot of mistakes that are going on with the common paleo diet or the common keto diet. Um, so what people want to call a paleo diet right now really consists of somewhere between 10 to 12 foods only. There's no real rotation. If you're going to eat plants, you should be eating 
100 to 200 different species within the year, and they should only be local and in season. So people, when they started eating more plants, right, people only really ate plants when there was no food around. Food was meat. Mm. Okay, so, and that's fine. We figured out what to do in some of these situations where you know, the spring was coming or whether it was some type of famine, the animal, we couldn't travel to follow them, doesn't matter. But what the anthropological evidence is showing is it was more like when they were eating plants, it was small amounts and in the variety was a hundred to 200 different plants in that year were mm-hmm. eaten. And so if you're eating 200 different types of fruits and vegetables, do you think you're mega dosing on anything? No, the common paleo diet in America is bacon, grass-fed burgers and steak, eggs, and almond flour pancakes, spinach, kale, berries. Did I miss anything? I mean, it's the same 10 Oh, yeah, avocado every day. So let me have almond flour bread, almond flour cupcakes, almond flour pancakes. Let me overdose on... You get total oxalate poisoning from almonds, grind up 300 almonds and drink them in milk in my coffee, but say, oh, but it's, you know, paleo, um, where you would never walk around in nature and eat 300 almonds in a day. Mm-hmm. You would never in nature pull out your Vitamix out of your back pocket and take a pound of spinach and kale and put it in there and import <laughs> berries from Australia and make a smoothie. That is not Paleolithic, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so so uh. to eat Paleolithic, you should only be eating the animals that are near you that, you know, you killed, but okay, someone else can kill it for you, <laughs> and the, the fruits and vegetables that are in season and local to your environment, not grown in a greenhouse, grown right there. And so from, and there should be a wide variety. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing that and you feel great, awesome. Mm -hmm. But why people are starting to have downsides on the paleo diet is because it's an outrageously high oxalate diet. There's no variation. Um, They're poisoning themselves with things like the spinach and the kale uh, that I don't think most people would ever eat. You know, you would never pull kale out of the ground in nature and be like, damn, that's good. No, you got to massage it and rub it and dry it and sprinkle it and put some dried cranberries with it and all kinds of magic to go, oh, this is good. Mm -hmm. Wrap it in bacon. It might be delicious. I don't know, but (laughs) it's not delicious. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But okay. But so then. So there's that. So let me say that. There's that. So you can do a decent, true ancestral paleolithic type of way of eating and and some good organizations like say Weston A. Price will give you some more information on that, right? Mm-hmm. Like what does that really mean? That means you should be getting stuff from your local farmers and local ranchers and not having it imported from 10 different time zones away, right? Or whatever. So carnivore for me, just one, I think for so many people, the reality is for me, it's easy. Mm-hmm. I, I just love easy no effort. There's no think. I don't like cooking. I don't like recipes. I don't find any pleasure in any of that, right? It's just nothing I really want to waste my time with. So the reality of I can be so satisfied just eating a steak. It's delicious. I don't have to bother forcing myself to eat that asparagus. Um, I don't need fillers. People are eating all that. To me, it's just to be financial fillers, right? So I just 
eat a big old steak, eat a couple burgers or whatever. And I don't have to think about shopping. I don't have to plan my week. I don't have to plan the day. There's no list to be made. It is, you know, it's very, very, very easy. It's super nutrient dense. It's all really bioavailable. And I'm avoiding any toxins that I might be sensitive to from plants. Um, some people are so sensitive that really matters. Some people, you know, they can, they can, we can do seasonal diet variation. I'm okay with that. And I teach my patients and my course members that if that's, you know, going to be a, a thing that's, uh, for their social life and emotional life makes it easier. I just push real hard on seasonal diet variation. It should be in season and local, and there should be a lot of variety. You should not be mega dosing on anything and stop thinking of anything as a superfood. I think that's a major problem with people with plants is that they go, but it's a superfood. So they fly in stuff from all over the world that they really shouldn't be exposed to. And the light frequency of that food makes no sense to their body because the light frequency of the sun, the body is totally confused at these information that's coming in. And uh, mega dosing on things is a problem. A little bit of, of arsenic in your, is supposed to be in your body. Too much of it's going to kill you. So, right? yeah. Okay. But here's my question. So, cause you're talking about the importance of the variation and well, if you're going to eat the vegetables, like okay. again, I'm, I'm saying if you, if you choose to do you like, I just really want some plants in my life. So let's say somebody does like a 90 day reset with me or something. I think a 90 day carnivore experiment is, is essential. I think it's a great, um, it's the perfect, it's the best elimination diet on earth. So if you're dealing with gut issues, allergy issues, you know, stuff like that. Well, people have heard about these elimination diets and they pay $3,000 for an overpriced, irrelevant ALCAT test or something like that. And then get these crazy four day rotation diets that, you know, only a rocket scientist can find, you know, hire if they have a personal chef to do all the work for them. It's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. I've tried to take, you know, try try taking a mom with three children with one of them who is autism and put one on a rotation diet. Yeah. Good luck with compliance. She's going to have a nervous breakdown by like day five. Mm -hmm. Okay, it doesn't, it's really, really hard. So then her whole life is about food for the one kid or for herself or whatever. And then it just leads to a lot of food obsession. Mm -hmm. And that really concerns me, especially with women in the food space and the food obsession that happens, especially with women and the keto space, right? So with all the tracking and food obsessing and living and dying by your macros and and an app and a tracker and a keto stick and a blood level, you know, it's just too much. It's too much thinking around a a primal way of living called food, right? If you need that much help to eat or have sex, you you need to really work on things for you, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, God, I love you. You're hilarious. Um, And you should need an app to know how to do. All right. (laughs) So, 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 okay. I know I said a lot there. So if I think going 90 days as that great allergy elimination, now some people might say, I really want to have berry. Well, my fa- I take my kids berry picking and stuff. And say, you know what, mom? You took your kids to a berry field? Knock yourself out, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's in-season local. If they want to, I help teach them how to transition to do that. Mm-hmm. But can you hear what I'm saying? Like, I don't think you need to. I think you're 100% health capable of being healthy without putting another fruit or vegetable in your mouth if you're carnivore. Yeah. 
So let me say that. Absolutely. I think you can have long-term sustainable health. It's got everything you need. You don't need anything else. As soon as you do switch to starting to eat some of the plants, you need to know how to eat them right. So doing things like having them fermented is a huge change. Take there, We know how to basically biohack food. The ancestral primal people and shaman and medicine women have figured this all out for us. We've just thrown all that stuff out and ignored all the ancient wisdom. And now people are trying to bring it back. So they knew to peel the skin off the potatoes because it was toxic. They knew to bury it in the ground and let it ferment for months. They knew to create fermentation processes for the cabbage. And they, they, they knew how to do this. And they learned. They figured out what soy was going to kill you. And they said, but when we're in famine, we can actually do this process for 10 months and we can ferment it and turn it into something called tofu that can sustain us in a famine so we don't all die. But they knew they had to denature the poison first. Yeah. Yeah. We can figure that out. So when you are um, working with a patient and, you know, they're, they're transitioning to carnivore, do you make specific recommendations in terms of types of meat to be eating or, like, do you require that they include organ meats or a certain, I don't know, fat to protein ratio or is it just, like, eat animal products? Um, it varies on the individual. Okay. So I do have to meet somebody, again, let's say working with somebody – um, I deal with a lot of mental illness, mm -hmm. okay? And so if I'm dealing with a history of any obsessive compulsive behavior, um, if there's a eating disorder behavior, a food anxiety issue, we deal with that differently. And I have to be, how I coach that person might take me six months to get where I am with somebody that I get in a month. That's okay. I, you have to respect the psyche and where it can be moved and how quickly and how slowly. I have to let their psyche guide me. My job is to be a guide, not a bully through the process. So that really does vary. But in general, it, it beginning some for some people, it's simply to eat meat again. Mm -hmm. I just get them to eat it two, three times a day, right? I want a bolus amount that 30 to 50 grams per, per meal. I don't want snacking. There, I have some basic rules where let's just start getting this again. You know, especially like say an older lady, because I'm trying to get muscle built back onto her, get bone density increased. Um, we start with just adding it in. And if I tell them, I might do like, we're just going to start eating it. And so well, what do you like? And I go with what they like. You know, I want it to be enjoyable. We start with making it emotionally enjoyable. I give them permission because they might say they love steak. They used to eat it all the time. Their dad, one woman, she goes, what? I love steak. My dad was a butcher. Mm -hmm. I said, you haven't eaten it in 15 years. Mm -hmm. And she goes, no, I thought it was bad for me. <laughs> oh, honey. Okay. We're going to, I literally had her in my office and we ordered like a, uh, T steak from the place, the ranch here in Georgia that I get and shipped it to her. I'm like, it's coming to your house on next Thursday. You're going to get a box of frozen steaks. And she was so happy because I, you know, she was actually early on uh, beginning Alzheimer's and we had to do stuff like that to help her. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, but she was so happy, loved steak, but hadn't eaten it in 15 years because she'd heard that it was bad for her. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, oh, okay, let's change this story. So the first thing was just getting it in. And I tell them then if once I start them eating it, whether that's a few days or a week or two, a month, I don't know, it depends. Then I might say, okay, just eat all the protein in the meal first. Mm -hmm. So just everything first. And if you want that vegetable and a little fruit, if you want that piece of bread, if I haven't gotten them off grains yet, you know, just eat it at the end. And then, you know, 
slowly over time, they don't want the other stuff because they're so satiated and full and they've really, they're diving into it and their appetite for the meat is increasing. And then they're starting to cook it, you know, less cooked and more blood. And they're just that animalistic, primal, true ancestral, spiritual built in desire to see red, eat red, devour red, bloody meat, which is a part of who we are. Um, comes back up and they want it less and less. And then I'll start to titrate out. Unless I have somebody again who has a, has, has a condition, you know, they come in irritable bowel, Crohn's, they're complaining, we're already, we, we might hit it real hard, real fast. And if somebody's keto already, been doing that a long time, we'll hit it real fast. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, let's say someone has IBD and they've been keto and they're just like, they'll do whatever. And they're just like, what is optimal for me right now? Are there specific recommendations you make for that person? Uh, yeah. Well, I start with what they like, yeah. like you know, you want them, I want this to be an enjoyable thing because at this point food has become pain. Yeah. Right. Then that's a horrible thing for the psyche to have an emotional connection to, um, that, you know, that's, it's distress and where's a bathroom and it, there's social anxiety and, and embarrassment. There's a lot tied into that for them. Mm-hmm. So we start slow. What do they like? Um, yes, I do like to people, the organ meats. Yes. Mm-hmm. I get into organ meats. I check. Some people love that stuff right away and we get into it right away. Some people have got to build them into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am definitely pro nose to tail. Okay. I'm definitely pro um, getting it from your local rancher, grass finished as as hardy. If you can get heritage, you know beef and heritage pork, the the original species before we modified and changed things with all our bizarre, you know, genetic breeding mechanisms. So yes, that's all. That all is an optimal to me. But I would rather have somebody going into their local grocery store and getting a, a steak that isn't grass fed than eating oatmeal or pasta you understand yeah, so yeah totally. i i will meet them where they are I, you know do i am i uh, am i like gonna come unhinged that my mom isn't eating all grass-fed nope not just yeah. mommy eat the meat please just i need to eat more meat and get away from you know i have to i have to fight against what her physicians are telling her which is to eat pasta and cottage cheese and low-fat crap and i'm like you've got to be can you just eat more steak yeah. you know like i know you like it just go yeah. get you know, don't worry about you know, the money. And, and so I get for her at her age to walk into like a whole foods, even if I'm sending her all the money, her psychological mind can't wrap her mind around the cost of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. a lot of people are just like, what? And it's, it's worth it. And these farmers deserve it. But I'm just saying like, I, I have that, but I'm not trying to create uh, elitism with food right now. I'm I'm trying to get people to make that first choice. And as they start to see that they are saving so much money, I save so much money eating this way. And I choose to eat. My favorite is filet mignon, and I have it all the time. So I'm eating a very expensive cut of meat as my favorite often. Um, but because I don't buy like anything else, I mean, I'm never throwing, I mean, I used to throw away so much produce mm. that bad in my fridge and stuff. I don't buy packaged things. I produce almost no waste. Mm-hmm. You know, my comes wrapped in paper that the butcher, you know, the farmer did. Yeah. I'm lucky that I'm, we have some great local farmers here, but now there's, you know, things, if you live someplace, you can't, you don't have a good farmer. There's butcher box and other people, they deliver it to your door frozen. I mean, yeah. it could get easier. 
Um, so yeah, the, the protocol would be I start slow. Somebody like an IBS or a Crohn's, we're actually we're going to add bone broth. I might be adding in even collagen. I'm using a lot of things like CBD oil. I might be doing a few other supplements. I'm going to be doing things mm-hmm. um, to address their uh, gut. We might do some water fasting, bone broth fasting, things like that for them because when you have a holes bleeding, ripping through, inflamed, it's a little bit different. So we might do a five-day water fast or a bone broth fast. You know, it's, I'm going to see where they are and what, what labs say and what a scope says. But um, I like things like that. I like broth. I like bone marrow. I like, you, you know, you don't want people to eat brains? I do. I want people to eat heart? I do. Mm-hmm. I want all of that. I haven't, I haven't eaten a brain though. I haven't gone there myself. So I totally get it. You know, I yeah. grew up American. I grew yeah. up I grew up kind of, I, we ate bone marrow. I ate all the, a lot of that stuff. I ate tongue. There's a lot of organ meats people don't know are organ meats, though. So I try to remind them. I'm like oysters, organ, organ, sardines are an organ meat. Tongue is an organ meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's things people don't think about. You don't have to just eat liver. People yeah. think, you know, we think of liver and kidney and heart. Those are the big popular ones. I'm like, those other ones, though, you guys, at least start with there. And people are like, oh, mussels, you know, they're like, well, I love oysters. Great. Yeah. Go get some a couple times a week, you know, and have fun with your friends. And so I like it to be that again, to be like, this doesn't have to cost you social time, anything. Um, That's a thing I see with women in particular, like in, in groups, like I've do a lot of private coaching in some of my e-learning course and private coaching courses and the women it's fascinating to watch how many deal with the fear of social um, shame or awkwardness or thinking people are going to care what they're eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know. Did you go through that at all? Because I went through none no, of that. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess being a vegetarian for so long, yeah. it just like really comfortable with whatever. But I got to tell you, like, it's a fascinating thing. And I tell women all the time, especially women that are looking, I go, you know what, let me tell you right now, I'm like you date men. They're like, yeah, I said, order a big old steak in a restaurant and then order some bacon for dessert. I've had chefs come out and literally say, did you just really order bacon for, I go, I heard a woman out here and they can't, like I had to meet her. I go, yeah, it's me. They go, so you just eat just me. I said, yeah. And this, I mean, I've had chefs high five me. I have them say <laughs> I'm in love with you. This is awesome. What's that called? Is that keto? No, honey. I'm an, I'm next level keto. They're like, <laughs> it's so hot, right? They think it's so hot. And yeah. I, I keep telling women, I'm like, I'm telling you, you know, throw down that gauntlet. I go, and if you're at a corporate event, office event, a wedding, nobody cares if you're just pushing around the salad on your plate, and not actually eating it. They don't notice. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, so I think there's some of that that I, I do think is a fascinating, again, cultural shaming context or or the, the cultural expectations we have that women have been told you're supposed to eat some dry ass chicken breast and salad that nobody is satisfied by. That's why you go home and binge on the cupcakes. Yeah. Because that was so unsatisfying, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think, yeah, those cultural norms are part of it. But I also think with women, a big part of it is they're afraid to eat more food and more fat. And like, they're afraid to put on weight. Oh, yeah, that's true. So yeah, that's a huge thing. Um, when I used to just do like kind of a lot of exclusive weight loss workshops, and I weight loss patients, it's not a thing I focus on, but obviously people want it. Um, I used to that the biggest thing 
was always, I'm like, well, here's the thing. I'm pretty much going to blow your mind. And they're like, what? I said, because step one, you're not going to exercise. And step two, you're going to eat more. And they're like, what? You know, it, it takes a big shift. And so I would have people do like food journals. Let me see what you're, tell me what you ate today. Tell me what you ate yesterday, whatever. And I go, okay. I'm like, it's great. Not bad. No, it's all good. I said, so step one, you're just not eating enough. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of look at me, you know, so, so let's say they're trying to lose 30 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever. So they're, they're heavier than me, different body comp than me. I've got maybe 10% less body fat than them. And I just look at them and go, I eat more than you. Mm-hmm. and I don't work out and they go are you serious we thought you worked out like four hours a day I said no boo I don't I don't I'm just let me let me explain I'm just smart about how I'm doing this so mm-hmm. like I can teach you okay and they're like yeah and not against working out I'm just saying like it's just you know you hit your point in life sometimes I'm like yeah it's not fun for me right now so I'm not doing it right mm-hmm. I played college sports it was fun this right now in my body I'm not going to the gym I don't like it right mm-hmm. so when I tell them that, it does take a minute. I'm like, can you just trust me? And typically, my first, I'll give your listeners, do you think some of these listeners are like sad diet people? Should we just no. give them that? Okay. No, no. People well, here eat healthy, but they don't good. eat carnivore. Like, they, okay, you know what I mean. They eat like, okay. like yeah, yeah, they're paleo. Trying, they're trying. They eat like paleo usually, yeah. Yeah. Well, when it comes to the weight loss part, one of the tricks, let's just say for a regular person. So say you got some of these paleo listeners and they're dealing with their, their or their boyfriend or their mom or their dad, probably their mom or their dad need to lose some weight and they don't know, you know, and they can't get them to get off all the bread or the pasta or whatever. So the first thing I tell people, the trick is, well, here's the thing. Just when you eat your meals, let it take over an hour and they're like, okay. And I go, just eat all your, your animal protein first. Mm-hmm. Protein first. You know, if you, you put your steak, put butter on it, do, you know, not whatever. Just eat all that, all, the whole thing. Then eat your, you know, vegetables, your your starch, your your, your carbs, what I call a carb, which are vegetables. Mm-hmm. I go, and then eat what I call a sugar. And they're like, what's that? I said, a sugar to me is any starch, grain, or sugar. So rice, bread, pasta, fruit, honey, dessert, alcohol is all a sugar. So just eat that at the end. And just do it all within 60 minutes. So if you normally have two drinks with dinner, just have it be like at the end. And they're kind of like, what? Every single person will come back in the first week and they've lost somewhere between three to 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. If they're men, men or women. And they're like, I changed nothing except the order. I said, I know. I said, all I did was help manipulate your, your insulin rise by hiding all of that behind the protein and fat. Now, imagine if I could, when I could start getting you to eliminate that, and it becomes very easy because lowering the glucose and lowering the insulin naturally stops the drive and and hunger for all that other sugar. Mm-hmm. So to take away the alcohol, to take away the grains, now becomes a little bit easier because there's a little bit more emotional regulation possible because there's more stable blood sugar, mm-hmm. right? We're going to take a brief pause from this interview with Dr. Rimka to chat about today's podcast sponsor, Native. We are talking a lot in this episode about how important the food that you put into your body is, but so are the products that you put on your skin because those get into your bloodstream. And when it comes to personal care products, I am very picky about what I use because I want things that are highly effective, but also safe. That is why I love native deodorant. I know how hard it is to find a non-toxic deodorant that really works and native 
does it. Native is incredible. Native is filled with ingredients found in nature, like coconut oil for its antimicrobial properties, shea butter for moisturizing, and tapioca starch to absorb wetness. It's formulated without any aluminum, parabens, or talc, and there's no animal testing. Native comes in a wide variety of different scents for both men and women, and they release new limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. Right now, they have released a special candy cane scented deodorant for the holiday season, so definitely check that out if you're interested in it before it goes away since it is limited edition. But some of their other classic deodorant scents include coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and eucalyptus and mint, and I've tried a few, but I think right now my favorite is the the coconut and vanilla, but I want to try some more after this stick runs out because I have loved every scent that I've tried. And if you don't want a scent, they also offer an unscented formula and they have a baking soda free formula for anyone with sensitivities. So if you tend to get a rash under your arms when you use deodorant, then check out that sensitive skin formula because when the baking soda is gone, you shouldn't have any issues. There's also no risk to try. So Native is great because they offer free returns and exchanges in the US. And if you subscribe, you're going to save $2 per stick. So they can just conveniently deliver it to your door every one, two, three, or four months. I've tried so many non-toxic deodorants and I love Native because it holds up in the heat. Here in San Diego, it stays hot most of the year and I really need a deodorant that stays up to the test, especially because I walk around outside all the time and I used to have to reapply my deodorant so many times or it would stain my shirts and this doesn't do that at all. It really works and the scents smell great, but they're not too overpowering. And I have pretty sensitive skin. I usually will break out in a rash when I use deodorant. Their sensitive formula works amazing for me, but I've even tried their regular formula and that one doesn't give me any issues versus a lot of other companies, their regular formulas will definitely give me bad rashes. I love that they have so many different options. It works great. It's lasted all day long when pretty much no other deodorant I have tried has, and it contains only good for you ingredients. And I've loved hearing your guys' feedback from trying Native. I know a lot of you have had trouble finding a non-toxic deodorant that works, and so many of you have told me that this has changed your life. So love hearing that, and if you have that same experience, definitely let me know. If you are ready to try Native Deodorant out, head to nativedeodorant.com and use my promo code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's nativedeodorant.com, N-A-T-I-V-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com, and use that code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 20% off your first purchase. Now that you know another thing you need to add into your Christmas stocking this year, let's go ahead and hop back into this chat with Dr. Stephanie Rimka. So I think there are a lot of people listening, a lot of women listening to this who are dealing with digestive issues, autoimmune disease, mold toxicity, Lyme, like those types of illnesses, and they eat squeaky clean paleo diets and... Um, they probably are holding on to extra body fat because their body's stressed out. And um, what would you say to that person who's afraid to switch to carnivore? I, I, <laughs> I was like, I was going to swear, but I'm not going to. So I'm like, you should. I'm kind of, I'm kind of a just F and do it person. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the reality is, do I think that's going to be the end all cure all of all your problems? No. Mm -hmm. Might it be? It might. Mm -hmm. I'm not a. I'm not a believer in a magic bullet. Mm -hmm. So if it was a patient, I obviously am going to take a multi therapeutic 
multidisciplinary approach to that problem. And most of them, I'm going to move into carnivore for at least a three to six month kind of reset while I do therapies to kill. If it's Lyme, I'm going to kill it. If it's, you know, Epstein-Barr, I'm going to kill it, right? I'm going to be doing things with a variety of supplements. And uh, I use a lot of uh, electromedicine. I use a lot of electricity and, and magnets and light and things like that to kill pathogens and upregulate your body and regenerate tissue. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be using powerful, proven uh supplements and homeopathics and things that I personally use and, and modalities that I've done on myself with those same things um, and done for, you know, lots and lots of patients, I would be doing those while I'm dealing with the, giving the most nutrient dense, most anti-aging allergy, uh, you know, toxin eliminating diet on earth, mm-hmm. which is carnivore for sure. Um, while we address those things. So I'm upregulating their body's ability, I'm increasing their immune system and their detoxification pathways uh, along the process. Now, so let's say I might get I might get results in six months that it might take them two years to eventually just get on their own with carnivore, but they'll, you know, I do believe people can get to these things. If you give the body what it needs and you take away what's in the way, it is, it is going to heal. Mm-hmm. Done and done. I mean, there's not a single pathogen, bug, infection, or anything that the human body has not stopped from happening, from killing, that we are, we can't actually conquer. If, 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 you know, we can beat bubonic plague, HIV, anything else, because we've done it, otherwise we'd all be dead. Mm. Okay. So people were exposed to that stuff. They didn't all die. Some people get bitten by, you know, that, oh God, that crazy lizard that kills everybody. Um, What's that? What's I, that? Doc? I have you know no idea. Oh God, the Mongolian. Um, oh, it's so dangerous. It's that dragon, uh, okay. Komodo dragon. Oh, so the Komodo dragon. Its bacteria is so dangerous. If it bites you, like it's it's lethal. Like mm-hmm. if it if it bites you. But there's this rare group of people on the island that are immune. So they're studying them, trying to come up with um, a, a, a cure. Because the reality is if you come across one of those things, you're, you're done. Mm-hmm. You're dead. You're done and done. So it's like 100% lethal except for this small group of people that somehow, you know, their immune system knows how to do it. So the trick is to figure out what's different about them than other people and how can we unlock it for everybody. But it just lets you know the human body is capable of doing anything. So unfortunately, women with various autoimmune things that and we're dealing with chronic fatigue at that point, it becomes a very strong psychological uh, barrier to getting them well. Mm-hmm. So I have to do a lot of mindset issues. And I, you know, have the power of things like neurofeedback yeah. just to unwrap their brain to diminish the fight or flight limbic system overtaking hijacking of their brain because they think they're in a life or death situation all the time. So the idea of trying anything new becomes extremely terrifying to the brain. And if I can't get them to try anything new, which is extremely common in practice, then we have to shift gears completely because I can have the absolute solution. I can feel 100% I can get rid of this, but I'm going to need you to do these things. And they aren't even hard, but the reality is if you're feeling, you know, on a scale of one to 10, 10 is amazing. And you're at a, at a two, you know, and zero is death for me to ask you to do something that you're afraid might make you go to one. That's a terrifying notion. Mm -hmm. Somebody who feels at eight 
I can push them to do anything. They can go down to a four in a detox, Herxmeyer reaction. You know what I mean? They're fine. They can handle like pain and misery because they've been in an eight for a really long time. If I'm like, no, 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 don't worry. We're going to get through it because you're going to get to a 10 at the end. They can do it. If you're already living at a two or a three, it's really, really hard. Your fear of, of losing that little bit is really big. And I, I do understand that. Um, and it's, it's a mindset game of, you know, if you're, the reality is if you want to feel different, you're going to have to do different and you might have some, you know, you're not going to ever have a major breakthrough without discomfort. Yeah. I'm I'm really glad you said that. Well, do you ever get people say, this is what I hear all the time. Like I can't digest meat. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's a cute one. They say that I'm like, Oh, pumpkin. Yeah, you can. So yeah. Well, you know, they, what it is is because they've gone through and they have really bad stomach acid because they, you have a really dysfunctional liver. And once I explained that to you, I said, well, here's the, the problem is really this. And they're like, what? I'm like, when people say, oh, I have a bad gallbladder. I'm like, you know, you have a toxic liver. Mm. The, 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 that your liver problem was what backed up your gallbladder. And those two working together have made dysfunction there. And then they made dysfunction in your pancreas. And then therefore those signals go to your stomach. And now your stomach doesn't produce the acid. And then it becomes this vicious circle because now it doesn't know how to close off the esophageal sphincter. Now it doesn't know how to close off this other valve. It just, everything then just has this feedback loop that just keeps making itself worse. So once you kind of explain to them, like, okay, here's the thing. You know, because I've heard that before, and sometimes it's just a couple questions. I had this one patient. She was so cute. She was like 20, oh, God, young, you know, I would say like a little girl. She's probably 25 or 27, and I'm almost 47, so it's very young to me. She was like a little, like my daughter. And she was like, oh, Dr. Remka, well, you know, I just can't digest. I freak-. She was beef. She was, I just can't eat meat. It really hurts. I said, well, what? Well, the last time I got really nauseous and I threw up, I said, well, can you tell me what you eat? Yeah. I went to Taco Bell and I had two tacos and then I just got so sick after. And I was like, oh man, honey, that's not the meat that made you sick. But that was what she associated. So they'll say things like, I can't digest meat. No, you can't digest Taco Bell. So I said, I want you to go right down the street. And there's this great burger down from my office place called the Ad Burger that I love. So they have have white oak pastures, grass-fed beef. I want you to order two patties you like bacon? She said, I said, then get the bacon. And she was eating like TV dinners at this point. I said, you like cheese? She said, yeah. I said, then even eat the cheese. I'm fine. Just don't eat the bun or the vegetables. She was okay. Go do that after the appointment. Can you do She's like, yeah. I said, great. Go do that. Call us back when you're done and let, tell me how you feel tonight. Right. Mm-hmm. She felt, of course she felt amazing. Didn't have a problem. And she was, then she started going, she's about 90% carnivore. Well, she's like, she was calling me for migraines, severe, severe migraines. She didn't understand the food was doing it. And I was like, oh, okay, step one, let's just do this. And because she couldn't cook, she's young, she's eating out of TV dinners all the time. I said, do you like me? And she was, yeah. I said, we're going to make this really easy. She, okay. I'm like, can you make a hamburger? She's like, yeah. I said, great. Because <laughs> you know, she could afford it and she could get it easy anywhere, right? And so we started with that. And then when she would see her parents, she's, oh, they made this for me and they had a roast and I loved it. You know, migraines were improved 90% in one month. Yeah. Ads every day and injections two to four times a week. And they were starting to not work, the Amitrex and stuff. And so she was like, I'm off of, I haven't had an injection in 30 days. I had this, we've cut the, my neurologist took this one med off. I'm like, great, you got to stick with it. She came to me for neurofeedback. I didn't even start. I said, no, 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 step one, let's do this. 
if we do this three to six months and you, we still have something left, I will take your several thousand dollars and I will do neurofeedback because I need 40 sessions mm -hmm. and you're going to pay a premium, right? You're going to pay me $4,000, $5,000 for that. And in like four visits of just helping, you know, was she eating nose to tail and all perfect and grass fed? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. You know, but she was major relief coming off meds. You know, we, we did a part and just give you an idea of like where that initial state was, what we can do and how we can change things and how I can't digest it. No, 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 no. Let's really say that. Were you eating chicken McNuggets? Were yeah. you eating breaded? Were you eating, you know, what was it? Um, and often, even if it was that, I'm like, okay, so let's just address, you know, I look at stomach acid and we, we do support it with whether it's apple cider vinegar or Swedish bitters or all the way to betaine, mm -hmm. you know for a while we we have to see that and then i address the liver and i say well, what's going on and how clogged up do we have fatty liver from all this you know these grains and sugars and uh, alcohol you know it's usually not even alcohol it's usually that all that you know all just all the carbs so their livers aren't functioning well and it all backs up and then it all makes sense to them once i explain their body to them a little bit because mm -hmm. um, most people don't know how their bodies work yeah that's true you know? i think from my side, when people say that to me, like, what I'm thinking in my head is, you're saying that to me, like, you can't digest meat, but I think it's so psychological. I think it's, you're saying that because you've yeah. been told meat's hard to digest, and yeah. you haven't eaten a lot of meat, so then you try someone, it feels different, so you're saying, oh, I can't digest it, and I think a lot of women aren't used to feeling full. Like, they feel like they, they're not digesting if they feel satiated. Yeah, I could. I definitely think there's a, a big part of that for sure. I think absolutely there's a psychological issue at times, um, which is really tied in often to low stomach acid, though, mm -hmm. because low stomach acid gives you an aversion to meat because your body knows, well, I don't have enough acid to actually kill all the pathogens that might be in the raw meat. Like your your body is brilliant. It's like, no, I don't want to eat right now. If you were in the wild and there was a reason you had that, you just wouldn't eat, you know, until your stomach acid you know, came up. And I think you're absolutely right. I've seen people say things to me and I, or, you know, all over social media, the way they'll say it, and you can just tell they have such a strong bias, the way they'll talk about their child with such pride, not eating meat, but you could tell the way they said it, like, well, because you set it up and you basically told them not to like it. So you would love them. Mm -hmm. It was very obvious in the way it was done, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's all, you know, I, I know part of my big vegetarian start was from beating eggs as a child again i was very sensitive my brothers i was whipping mom you know one of my jobs i was the youngest of four kids and it was you know i'm big old bull and i'm whipping the eggs or scrambled eggs or something like that and my brothers told me i think one might have had a little red in it or something like that you know on point that they were really baby chickens and you know i was they didn't come and I was like killing them. So I was crying, oh beating God. eggs. And I'm like, we're killing baby chickens. And it was something they said to me to get me because that's what they were always doing, being big brothers. And, you know, and the reality was my mom wasn't really having all that. There wasn't a lot of tears on my house allowed. And it was just like, just stop it and beat the, can you hurry up and get the eggs? And so, yeah, it was like the level of guilt I felt that I was like this horrible, violent, you know, it was really bad. It was, so that was this implanted thing at like five or six years old um, that I could see how it shaped how I looked at 
my thoughts about food. And when I finally got to college and it was so, you know, popular among all the new college people to be a vegetarian, that whole crunchy granola phase we all go through, Mm -hmm. I found this whole community that embraced me, you know, and, and gave me all this information that made it be, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. See, I was right, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but it was from an emotional trigger that, you know, from big brothers trying to, you know, they got me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A lot goes into it. And now there's the carnivore community. So, which, you know, the carnivore community is a fascinating, um, community, you know, uh, it's a very, mm, we have a very strong tribal kind of, um, you know, a lot of strong personalities, but a lot of humor and a lot of, a lot of big personalities, a lot of different angles of taking it. But I'm definitely a big fan of the, can't we all get along? And um, being that I think when you find people who were of the kind of vegetarian vegan dogma, I was, I was, I was kind of in that vegan cult. I mean, I was hardcore. I wouldn't wear a leather belt. I wouldn't eat in restaurants that had the skillets. You know, I, you know, my wedding was a hundred percent vegan shipped all in from two restaurants from Atlanta. And, and like, yeah, I was hardcore. Wouldn't allow it. My ex-husband at times like, but my dad, I said, I don't care. He's going to eat this. or He's going to eat nothing. I mean, I was really hardcore mm-hmm. um, about all of it, and I wanted my the impact I had in the world to be very minimal and be saving lives. And I just didn't understand. Back to spirituality, I did not understand nature. I did not actually understand the earth. I did not actually understand farming to know that these crops of these mono crops that are going out there, how many animals, insects, life forms, birds, rodents, foxes were actually being murdered for me having to have all these plant-based products yeah, had no connection. And I think that's a big spiritual disconnect, Yeah, you know? And once I learned all that, it, it was just a very illuminating space of like, wow. So my goal for myself and, and anything else is to never let myself get involved into blinders and dogmatic type thinking like that again. Um, because I was just, I was critical. I was superior, even though I might try to be quiet about it. You know, there's a lot of spiritual superiority in the vegan community and I don't ever want to be a part of that in any way of eating. You know, I want to eat my, how I eat is truly nobody's business. Yeah. And so when other people say, really, it's nobody's damn business. Just like your, your diagnosis is nobody's business. Your vaccination schedule for your child is nobody's damn business. Who you voted for is nobody's business. What your religion is, is nobody's business. This is America, and this is how we do things here. So you can tell everybody else to go to hell if they ask you that. It's none of their business. Mm-hmm. So just like in, in patient, if you're a patient of mine, if you're a patient of mine, it's nobody's damn business. I will never. I can't even legally say you are a patient. Mm-hmm. So if you see, I tell patients like if you see me in a grocery store, I won't acknowledge you unless you come up to me because I can't be like, oh, it's a patient. That's illegal. Mm-hmm. So your 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 rights are so protected in the healthcare field. I think your way of eating should be there as well. You know, and sometimes some people's way of eating is very expressive of their religious beliefs and might make them feel endangered in terms of, you know, 
Jewish or or Muslim or something in different political climates. So I think sometimes eating people forget like it's really nobody's business to ask me am I carnivore am I vegetarian what difference does it make to you yeah. mind your business you know like mind your own food over there unless they're asking from that state of wow you're my sister's getting it a lot now she's been carnivore for a while you know following me and in my groups and she's like called me and she's eight years older than me and so she called me and she goes Stephanie. You know, everyone's asking me now, like, what are you doing? Because you look good. Like, you're just losing weight and your skin looks so good. And she does, you know, she definitely doesn't look her age, 50, mm-hmm. whatever she is. And uh, I was like, well, are you telling them about what? She's like, yeah, but, you know, they ask questions. And she's like, I just thought, so you can't just throw it on my business page. She didn't know what she, I'm like, you don't have to be their doctor. Just, she was like, just women are coming up to her stunned. And then it's like this, like, they want to hush and whisper. So I think you're really on point with the idea that women just don't know if they should be eating it don't know how much they should be eating it but they when they watch her throw down showdown with how much she actually eats when mm-hmm. she sees that i'm like oh girl i eat pounds a day just knock yourself out eat until you're full mm-hmm. she's like not a problem you know yeah. and so she loves it and she goes i just love this it's so easy i feel so good and her uh she's and she's okay with me talking about it because we used to talk about public publicly hashimoto's and her antibodies are like almost non-existent now and i said told you it's just and i'd gotten them really low when i finally got her off dairy she fought me on that for like five years she finally got off the cheese and stuff and now they're like she can't even believe the numbers has cut her meds in half or her thyroid meds and you know she's 50 i don't know five or something like that so it's a big deal to be able to do that at her age right and they'd be weight and she hates exercise my sister's never done sports so she's like i know you want me to lift weights i said kim i really do need you to lift some weights or you, i i gotta you gotta throw some weight around for me soon here please but she's still gaining muscle and losing body fat like crazy just from being carnivore mm-hmm. right and people are noticing and people are asking um and i think the more people do that the more people were to start getting into it but i'm just i'm okay with if she like is out and she wants to have an avocado or something, knock yourself out. You know what I mean? I don't want to be the food police or the carnivore police or yeah. the vegan, you know, and as a lot of vegetarians are, you know, and I, I just, because I was, I was that I'm very mindful of it. Yeah. Well, amen to that. And I think that's why it's so important that, um, more women speak out about it to kind of just to shed that stigma. You know, I think it's, uh, an interesting space there's a lot more men talking about carnivore and even keto i mean there's more women now but um yeah. i think it's helpful when people kind of just see that other people just eat the way they want to eat and they don't give give a shit what anyone else thinks um because it gives them permission to do the same um, absolutely yeah like why do, why do you i mean i you know in the end of the day like I've never had anything negative. Have you? I mean, I get, I think I get pot. People see me in public in restaurants, how I order and they're like, damn. I'm like, you know, (laughs) I mean, I've gotten negative stuff on social media, uh, but I don't care. You know, just vegans. They want me to die, but it's fine. Well, that's a different, right. What I'm saying is the only negatives I've gotten have been from, vegans coming after me yeah yeah and it's been violent what's what i said violent aggressive um you know almost to the point uh, attorneys i might go after them defamation of character i mean really horrific things i wouldn't let i can't let my son read 
you know, death threats, you know, you're like, wow, me eating a burger is causing you to become this unleashed. Yeah. That's, that's not healthy. That's not normal because I'm not coming unleashed if they want to eat that. I do see how the impact of, of it destroying the environment and it is a real problem. And I'm going to keep telling the truth about that because I was lied to and I'm not going to continue to perpetuate lies, but it's, that's not a stable response. What's what's the truth about that? Well, I mean, there's a lot of lies that go into like water usage for cattle. And it's just not true because we're not really talking about rainwater and and natural water, but Mm -hmm. creating a, a, I don't know what the hell that thing, a Beyond Burger belief, some, whatever the hell that, I have a post and it went crazy insane viral about that stupid burger, Impossible yeah. Burger, Beyond Burger, one of those stupid things, right? So one of these fake things with 20 some ingredients, it's built in a factory in a chemical, in big giant chemical vats wrapped in plastic and then a cardboard box shipped in, I mean, the water and gas and carbon emissions that go into a factory and producing that, mass producing it, putting it all over the world mm-hmm. doesn't compare to eating carnivore, eating what I eat, my, my, I eat about a one to two cows in an entire year. Mm-hmm. Do you know how little of an environmental impact that's having? And in fact, my cows are actually regenerating the soil by putting carbon back into the soil by eating the grass Mm -hmm. that is a natural normal cycle and trampling on the ground and pooping on the ground putting fertilizer back into the soil the way it was designed that never happens by ripping out forests and ripping out ripping out grassland to plant a whole bunch of corn or a whole bunch of soybeans or a whole bunch of almonds or a whole bunch of avocados yeah right for these plant-based magical diets that are made in chemical factories. They're manufacturing factories. Just like manufacturing factories make cars and dump out all these emissions that we can't stand. What the hell do they think is happening how this food is being made? Yeah. Do they think it's growing in a field like that? It is not. <laughs> it's because the vegans can't think clearly, so they... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And I couldn't either. That's what I'm saying. I didn't... I, I didn't get it. I'm around farmers and ranchers now, and they looked at me, they're like, and they're all country to get us on. Honey, how did you think that food was getting done? And I'm like, I don't know. They're like, don't y'all understand what we do to the crops? I was like, no, we have, city folk are so dumb. We have no idea. Somehow, corn or tiny baby corns in a plastic bag in, a, in a Whole Foods. That's how stupid and disconnected we are now. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so they explain the machinery. They're like, honey, I was like, oh, man, I sound like a dumb liberal, don't I? They're like, you do. I'm like, that's okay. I am. That's fine. I'm a country Yankee. I'm a Yankee, and I don't know, and they just laugh at me, and I'm okay with it. I don't care. But, yeah, I'm from Detroit. I never saw a farm. Yeah. I didn't know what the machinery to go well, when we go through, do you think we're checking if there's any rats, rodents, skunks, foxes, rabbits? But nothing. They get killed. Mm-hmm. You're, I'm like, oh, like, we're not happy about it, but this is this is how it goes down. And then after you do that a couple times, I mean, all the bugs, all everything's dead. The soil then is dead. And the soil has no carbon. The soil is what is supposed to sequester the carbon. This whole 
idea of, you know, uh, emissions and global warming, it, it's all this carbon issue. Well, nothing sequesters soil like grass in, in the ground and ruminants eating it and pooping and trampling around on top of it. Mm-hmm. There's your answer. Yes, I love that. Yeah, so save the planet and eat a burger. <laughs> oh, you need to make a shirt with that. Uh, it might there might be one out there already. I'll look it up. I'll look it yeah. up. Oh my god, I could talk to you for hours, and I've already kept you so long over when I was supposed to. But um, this has been a great conversation, and I know people are really gonna want to connect with you more. So can you just tell them where they can find more from you? Sure. Um, I got two websites. Let's start with the first one where I do all my online courses and my e-learning center is brainandbodyrevolution.org. Um, and my main practice website, which we're in the process of upgrading, hopefully it'll be changed soon, is brainandbodysolutions.com. Okay. And your Instagram? And Facebook. Yes. On my, my what? Instagram. Instagram is um, Dr. Remka, so it's Dr. underscore Remka, so D-R underscore R-I-M-K-A, and Facebook, um, my business page is Dr. Remka's Brain and Body Solutions. Awesome. There's lots of Dr. Remka, I mean, I'm the only one on earth, so (laughs) if you put that in, um, I have tons of groups, some are free groups on Facebook, some are paid private memberships, which are special coaching, you know, private access to me. Um, and again, the brain org is where you can learn about some of my e-learning programs. So that's a new, newer thing I've launched in the last six or seven months, but it's been really nice to be able to access and help people in a group format where they don't have to go through the more expensive and long patient process. And I can start to kind of prep people. So they're, they may not need me, or if they do, there we can be much more effective and much more efficient mm-hmm. because I've already done the groundwork with them. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'll put all those links in the show notes so people can check it out. And just thank you again. This was an amazing conversation. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Huge shout out to Dr. Stephanie Rimka for coming on the podcast and having such an epic conversation with me. Don't forget to listen to part one of this conversation if you haven't already. That is the previous episode, episode 257, and then you can hear the full convo with Dr. Rimka. If you want to connect more with her, you can find her on Instagram at dr underscore rimka r-i-m-k-a you can also head to her websites brainandbodyrevolution.org and brainandbodysolutions.com if you enjoyed this episode i would love it if you shared it with someone who you think would find it interesting or you think could be helped from it if you share it on social media which by the way means the world to me and i love then make sure you tag dr rimka tag me at christina rice wellness and tag wellness wellness podcast If you're not already in our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe, go ahead and search for that on Facebook so you can join and connect with other listeners. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode, the previous episode, all the episodes. I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast. So I would love to hear your thoughts in there. And of course, as always, if you have not already, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It really helps me spread the word about the show. And that's how we can grow our community. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And I will chat with you again next time. Bye.